Hi everyone, my name is PK and here I have a client of the Property Investment Accelerator, a really good client, Richard Barada, who lives in Sydney and he's bought six properties in the last 18 months. He actually started his property investing cycle or property investing journey just before when interest rates started rising in 2022. And despite interest rate rises, even in the, on that first property, he's already made almost $100,000. And we're not talking a million dollar property here. We're talking sub 400K property. But we'll go through, you know, property by property, you know, the high level, where it's located, what he's bought, why he bought there, how he chose to buy in that sort of location or that particular part of the suburb. But I think more importantly, we might kind of navigate and meander our way into like, more important aspects of property investing like like risk calculated risk how to think about building a portfolio of the long term how to actually build a cohesive plan to achieve passive income and so many things like that let's see where it goes Welcome to the Oz Property Investment Mastery Podcast. My name is PK and I help busy people build passive income by buying top 5% growth and cash flow property and build a portfolio using data without wasting months doing research, spending weekends at inspection or catching flights or dropping ten dollars to $20,000 on buyer's agents every single time. So if you're confused, lack confidence and just overwhelmed with all the information and marketing misinformation available online and don't know where to start, then this show is for you. Without further ado, Richard, like I was saying before we hit record, I'm just really impressed um, by your journey in such a short period of time. It's much more faster and expedited than my own journey when I was at that stage. So uh, big congratulations and a big, big kudos to you. Thanks, PK. Kudos uh, to you. And, and I'm obviously very grateful that you've made time um, on, what is it, Wednesday, 6 p.m. after work for you. So that, that's really cool of you as well. Um, but let, let's kind of just get into it. So, um, you know, you had bought your, you were saying to me just before, you'd bought your principal place of residence. That was like the f first property you'd ever bought in Sydney, which is where you live in 2020. 2021 20, 20, 21 february and, and yeah. you'd had a you know great growth on that because that was right kind of at the start of that boom just take me through like you know your sort of thoughts on why did you choose to do the course versus just doing it yourself versus using so many buyers agents or you know just kind of like how did you get into all this in the first place yeah so so I bought my first uh, property um, in Sydney, as you said, um, early 2021. And since then, I've been attending um, uh, auctions in my area. And I can see how it just grew, like never seen that before. One point, I bought mine for around 1.2, but then easily 1.3, 1.4, 1.5 in the span of six months. And I always knew the concept of building portfolio. This is back in 2020. Um I know how the concept works in terms of buying affordable properties here and there, but I don't know where to buy and how to buy, right? So I really don't know how, and I know the concept, you know, if you can get money and keep buying uh, a good asset, then you can keep multiplying. It's like a repeatable process, but I have no idea where to buy and or how to buy, right? So um, basically, um, yeah, that's, that's how I come into the course. So to go a bit deeper into that, um, late 20 mid 2021 i was already considering um buying but i kept uh, delaying procrastinating until around um i think october or november 2021 where i came across you uh, your content and and what what uh, value you can offer but i guess at that time i didn't have enough trust in you so you know normal right people yeah. people do that right um, so I was considering buying a, using a buyer's agent, right? I was really con contemplating between using buyer's agent service or taking your course. Until one point, I was having a, a camp camp night uh, with with my friend, just two of us, so uh, boy and boy. So we were just um, I was really passionate in property, and I asked him, "Hey, if you were in my position, what would you do? Would you actually spend?" XK, which run six six K back then, of course, or use buyer's agent, you know, get it done for 
And then he was saying, look, I think education is forever uh, with you, right? You do it once and it's with you forever. Whereas buyer's agent, you got to keep using it. And, you know, um, and at that time, that's when I decide, yeah, I'll, I'll do the course rather than using buyer's agent. Yeah. So Yeah. Obviously, I'm biased, but, you know, the best mm. investment is obviously in yourself. And like just from my yeah. vantage position, you've mm. bought six properties now. If you'd used a buyer's agent, 15000 per property, you would have been down 90000 which is like more than a deposit, almost two deposits. And maybe you wouldn't have even been able to get to your fifth or sixth property. But anyway, I have a lot of self-interest in saying that. Um, (laughs) And and so like how, before we get into the properties, and I do want to go into like sort of the nitty gritty, just kind of take me through the process of like, did you find buying your first investment property difficult or hard? Or if it was difficult, did it get easier the more you bought or just kind of just at a high level? Like, because I know so many people are like, oh, it's so hard. Like, there's so many things to worry about. What if like I get a, you know, spanner in the works or a curveball? I don't know how to deal with it. Oh, it's just so hard. I need to outsource it. Like, how, what was your experience? So the first one was um, your course is great to begin with. I'm saying this, probably a few K people watching this video hands-on hard, your course is really great, very structured, and it's not generic, it's actually a step-by-step where you show us, you show me how to buy, right? And um, so, but again, no matter how great how great a course is, you gotta take the action, yes. right? When people ask me about what's Speaker's course like, I'm telling them, what I tell them is, it's like a GPS, right? It's like a GPS, it shows you how to get to, from place A to place B, but you still got to be on the driving seat and and take charge of of the car, and and PK, uh, you are always available. You're sort of like the customer support of the GPS product. <laughs> you know, if you if you don't know how to get there, then you contact I, I contact you and you come back to me within forty eight hours. That provides a bit of clarity. So so that's that's how I see it. So with with your course, um, I'm one of the bad drivers who's really bad with direction so uh, i always rely on gps and that's exactly how i bought my first property i followed the course not 100% because it's very hard to find the perfect property and perfect location but it was good enough that it probably in the top 5% you know of of purchase yeah so yeah. and I, I just want to say as well like hopefully people who are watching or listening <clears throat> there'll be many thousands um like all of this is like sincerely and genuinely honest kind of conversation between Richard and myself of course mm. like I I want people to do my course like there's no doubt about yeah. it but Richard's yeah. actually a buyer's agent and he didn't like do the course ha- already being a buyer's agent he kind of mm. caught the property bug and like kind of fell in love with the process of buying and what it's been able to do for him um yeah. and so he's become a buyer's agent and this is not me kind of plugging him either i don't even know what your company is called um <laughs> but i just want to emphasize that this is kind of like quite impartial advice um that that richard and i'm very grateful for it as well it's hard to find honesty these days but let, let's go yeah. to your first property i mean it was a a really good one this was south of the river in, in perth mm. this suburb kind not like waikiki or warnborough but quite close to those areas was literally the suburb that had almost no supply back then and that's kind of resulted in the purchase price going from 381 and the the most recent valuation i think you were saying before air was it like ninety thousand dollars more or, or something like yeah. that 471 as of yesterday yeah 471 as of yesterday and the what's what's it renting for at the moment uh 550 at the moment 550 and initial so hang on a second initially it rented because i have it in my notes for 450 Mm. is that right yeah that was 450 last year 450 and it's gone up 100 so i just want to like kind of talk about this because you've invested almost at the at the worst time possible when interest rates started going up yet you've achieved, what is it, like 25% growth or even more than that in less than mm. um, 12 months. And also your rent has gone up. Is it is it meant that it's still positive cash flow or is it now mm. costing you money to hold? What's the analysis um, on it? I can't remember exactly, but it doesn't hurt me enough because it's probably slightly negative or neutral or slightly positive across that territory. Yeah, right. Because my I'm paying um, 6%. 
of interest. Which is not yeah. too bad. 6% interest yeah. rate's not too bad. But I, I guess it's like really interesting because, you know, you would have thought that all these, I mean, the <laughs> there's so many people out there that are like, oh, all these investors, they geared up to the to their necks, to the hilt. They bought all these properties mm. and the interest rates have gone up. They must have to all of a sudden sell all their properties, right? Because yeah. they just can't afford them anymore. But we'll go through your journey, but this is just not the case. Like this one's basically still paying for itself. What was like mm. the biggest lesson you learned in like this first property investment that you had achieved? Yeah, so this one, if the agent is telling me the truth, uh, I I was just 1K above the second highest, right? And there is no fun for them lying, right? So I was just 1K above the second highest who actually offered without finance and offered um, with 50K deposit, I guess, um, a bit more attractive than my offer. Um, so yeah, I... Yeah, that, that was one of the lessons learned. I, I tried to find, you know, um, um, what sold recently in the market. So one of the properties uh, that got sold, still under contract, I was told it was 370K. So not many people would know because it's still under contract. The, the agent is not supposed to tell me, right? So so I know the people who missed out on those properties are probably looking at the one I'm buying now. So, mm -hmm. And naturally, if you miss on 370, if it's sort of the same quality, you would go 5 or 10K above, right? So yeah. my guess was they would probably go 375, 380. So I just went 380 once. <laughs> happened. So, yeah. So nice. I guess uh, my lesson is do your due diligence, um, talk to agents and people there. And give weird offer um, amounts, 371 <laughs> or 381, just add like a 500 or something. It might just be the difference between yeah. you getting it or so, not getting it. Um, yeah. No, good advice. And so your second property, now you actually went to Cairns. Um, yeah. uh, well, yeah. you didn't physically go to Cairns, but you bought up in Cairns for 465. Mm. What what kind of like, you know, drew you to Cairns or what was like the biggest uh, lesson learned from your second property which um which was also renting at that time for 500 is it still renting for 500 or is it more no it was actually rented for 480, 480. Uh, when i bought it so yeah. i had um, incumbent uh, uh, existing tenant mm -hmm. uh it's 540 now so 540 yeah okay. yeah so and that's yeah. a big block size with side access how's that been going has that been a rising in value or, or how's it tracking along yeah, so this one is actually one of my worst performers, and that's not because of the market. It's because I was a bit emotional when I bought this property. So it's in Cairns, and it's a really nice place. Um, and uh, I bought this in April 2022, so just before interest rate starts climbing up. So mm -hmm. I was still putting slightly above what I think the market value was, right? Because it was a very competitive market. So I paid 465. I think I could have got it for 455. Right, because yeah, I got accepted right away. So my lessons learned on this one is really, um, I don't know, um, do a bit more bargaining, I guess. Yeah. Uh, don't get too emotional. So this property's got a mountain backdrop, so I really love mountains. So I, <laughs> I gotta have this. I gotta have this. Um, so yeah, but it still grew regardless. I yesterday we we had Saint George valuation five hundred forty one. So. That's about 70k. 70k. Yeah. On, years, on a base so. of 465. So yeah. yeah, it's not like, you know, like 30% growth or 40% growth, but it's still double, really good double digit growth. And I think that's really good that you've yeah. been honest as well, because yeah, like there's no need to overpay for properties. Like it's hard earned money. Don't even pay 10,000, 5,000 more than it's what it's worth. Even if you love mount mountains, I actually have a property <laughs> very close to this, as you know, Richard. Yeah, I know. Yeah, That's been one of my worst performers. Your worst performers as well. <laughs> yeah. So um, no, that's yeah. good advice. Keep yeah. the emotion. Yeah. I see so many people, especially right now in places like Perth, they're just like, I just need to get on the property ladder. I'm just going to pay whatever. Like that's mm -hmm. literally how capital growth occurs. People are like, why are people mm -hmm. overpaying for properties? But if that consistently happens, that is actually capital growth in action but don't be you know that statistic don't be one of them pay you know true fair market value don't overdo yeah. it um, and i guess back then uh my interest rate was still low so i still have a lot in my borrowing so i thought i gotta keep buying and again it's not the right attitude really but um, thankfully the market still grew because it's a growing market even now yeah yeah so, yeah, yeah. And that theme continues. So once again, you bought mm -hmm. south of the river in Perth. You bought for 393 
thousand, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah. And you know, once again, if you're buying these kind of cheap is not always nasty. You know, more affordable, inexpensive mm. properties with high yield, you can go again and again. Yeah. Um, how much is that renting for at the moment? This one is five fifty as well. Wow. So the rents have like really, really kind of helped your portfolio stay um, above right. water and, you know, still be uh, self-sustaining. Yeah. Um, mm. And so you had bought three properties at this time. Now you're starting to be more experienced. Did you classify this as more of a um, like professional purchase or, or how would you consider this one? Uh, this one is not the one that I'm most proud of. Um, okay. But this one is still a good deal because this was purchased in July. I think there is slightly less competition because the media is talk, you know, interest rate starts going up and all those noise around. So this one was somehow easier than 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 before. Um, again, probably could have got it three eighty nine. I don't know, but it's you know three four grand is it's okay. It's it's growing as well in this area. So yeah, in this suburb is actually I used this suburb in. Um, when I talk to people, because I bought this July, right, when interest rate starts going up, and this suburb actually on real estate it grew twenty one percent for the last twelve months. Okay. So right when interest rate starts uh, going up aggressively, so yeah. yeah. So, and do you remember, mm. like, as soon as interest rates started going up, like you were saying, May, mm. June, July, August last year, the media mm. was just having like a like a, <laughs> a party. You know, there was just so much doom and gloom about property market mm. kind of crash sydney definitely did start it to, mm. to go down at, at that point mm. melbourne was going down at that mm. point as well and i just remember so many people were like paralyzed on the sidelines not really mm. getting in and this is not me like creating fomo and trying to tell people oh you know get yeah. in now it's not too late but like what you know it, with the benefit of hindsight what is mm. your advice to someone regardless of whether you're interested in doing the course or not but just someone mm. who's like umming and ahhing about actually buying their first or next investment property right now in in August 2023 because there's still a lot of certainty interest rates are still probably going to go up a little bit more is there a recession around the corner I don't think so but there could be what's your mm. advice to people who are like just kind of stuck not not sure what to do yeah look I think um uh you know um I think you always say or someone says that um buy when you can afford Right. I think as long as you have your emergency fund available when in times of need, you should be okay. Um, but you know, you're missing out on this opportunity we have in, in Australia, you know. I'm from Indonesia originally and um credit is so high, you're paying ten percent interest easily to buy a place. And because of the it's you know, um you're paying and the rent is not high enough to cover the running costs. So you're in Australia, you're only paying 6%. This is considered high, 6%. Hmm. And you have a rent that even goes positive. When I told my friends and families who are in Indonesia, they couldn't believe it, right? So um, I think it's an opportunity that, that everyone can have. I know a nurse who's built five, six um, properties portfolio. I think she was in one of your... Um, YouTube interview as well. Yeah, and yeah, I know. Don't. <laughs> don't, yeah, don't, yeah. yeah. And I know. Um, I know. Um, a doctor who earns a lot, but they don't really invest in themselves in their future. I also know a story of. Um, you know how in accounting firm you have a partner, basically yeah. the business owner, um, who earn a lot, but then the personal assistant to that business owner. Um, sorry, I'm going a bit off tangent. No, here, no, it's interesting. Yeah, the personal assistant to that partner actually has more assets and a more somehow a secured future you know and whereas the partner is sort of splurging buying expensive cars and mm. I, the way i see it is um it's an opportunity to all australians you know as long as you put the effort um and and calculate your risk again you know buying the right assets in the right location and know your numbers as well so I've spoken i've spoken to a number of my friends i hinted to your course but sometimes people just they're just not ready to take action and yeah. I don't want to be one of those annoying persons <laughs> pushing but I just felt like mm, do you have a an alternative plan like like for your future like have you actually mm. thought about it so yeah so my advice is take action talk to a lot of people and get educated yeah. educated yeah and it takes a, like a level of maturity as well mm. right Richard I mean of course it's in 
like my best interest to say buy property like there's so much like self-interest involved but genuinely people need to have like a sense of maturity to say like you said even if you're making two three four hundred thousand dollars a year if you're not converting that active income where you're trading time for money into passive income when you do stop working or when you're forced to stop working because that partner works at PwC and just got laid off or whatever the case is, right? Yeah. <laughs> then then like it's like, oh, well, I had this amazing lifestyle, but now I have nothing to show for it because I didn't invest that money. And yeah. like I don't it doesn't necessarily need to be just real estate. Like a diversified portfolio is always a good thing. But mm. I mean, once again, self-interest, real estate with the leverage it provides, the opportunity that exists in front of us in 2023, 2024. Like mm. I just think everyone should be at least having the maturity to consider it and making an unemotional decision. Put yourself 40 yeah. years from now, maybe not 40, 20 years from now and be like, what's mm. the lifestyle I want? And if I continue to just rely on my active income, am I really mm. going to achieve that lifestyle? If not, then I, you yeah. don't have to do it with me. Just at least do something like do it for yourself, whatever, but do it, at least do something. Action beats inaction every day of the week. Um, yeah, yeah, very true. And it's tax-free in terms of the equity uh -huh. you can draw. And then all of a sudden you have this 100, 200K of opportunity. It's not tax, you know, it's different than if you're earning 300K, basically half gone already. But mm -hmm. taking equity out as a loan, it's it's tax-free, right? You're just paying interest on that. So mm -hmm. it's yeah. a system that capitalism, I think. You... It's capitalism. And you mentioned <laughs> like in Indonesia, it's not this easy. And uh, of no. course, not just Indonesia, but like even like now we had record Chinese buyers. And these aren't necessarily like foreign buyers. Mm. It could be like local Chinese people that are bringing money over. Um, yeah. but they just don't have this opportunity in China, right? Like no, it's no. just the, the market is com completely yeah. different. I think even New Zealand doesn't offer this opportunity. The yields are much lower in, in New Zealand. The tax regime is different. The way yeah. that equity and LVR works is just completely, uh, I would mm. say inferior to here. So I think we're just yeah. in the sweet spot, make the most of it before it gets <laughs> taken away. Well, I um, wish we can lock in 20 years of 2% interest. That would, like in yeah. the America. No, fixed loans, 30-year fixed loans. That would, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah the various pros and cons, but yeah, it would be interesting <laughs> yeah, right. for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, property number four. So now yeah. you actually went to regional Queensland, not um, as far north as, as Cairns, but more central. And you bought, once again, like inexpensive kind of, mm. I would say, recession-proof, interest rate, rate rise-proof property. Mm. This was for, you used that interesting technique again, $322,011, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah. And the valuation that you had told me at the time, two months after settlement, was three hundred seventy-five. So that's pretty terrific. And you did like a bit of a renovation on this one, is that correct? No, I didn't. No, not not the this one. It was already <laughs> renovated? No, no, no. I'll okay. just I'll just exhaust uh, the life of the property before I do. Okay. My, <laughs> okay. I did. It wasn't feasible after. <laughs> I'd right. rather use the money to buy another property. For right. Now. So you ended up not doing the reno. So what? Because I had in my notes that post reno it would have rented for five hundred. Like, because you didn't do the reno, what did it end up rent, renting for? Five hundred. <laughs> oh, you got it. Five hundred. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, I remember now. Okay, okay. So yeah. what's the point of renovating it if you're getting like? What is yeah. it like a eight, seven, or eight percent yield anyway? Yeah. Um, that's right. And in, I mean, that's that's a pretty terrific rent. Like, has that gone yeah. up in the in the last six months or something? Uh, no, I locked in for one year because I think five hundred is at the high end of the spectrum. Yes, yes. But you know, we are buying in a place where rental is very demanded, right? It's part mm -hmm. of the data, like vacancy rate. Um, so you know. Yeah, so it pays. Yeah, so five hundred yeah. was right. I locked so it for locked one year. In. And buying, you know, three twenty two with an eight percent yield, you mm. can't really go wrong. But what was from like, the get go? Yeah. Um, a lot of people want these types of deals. You know, they they don't mm. want to spend seven mm. eight hundred thousand dollars. They want to spend sub four hundred k, sub five hundred k. They want to mm. get these six seven eight percent yield type mm. deals. In in your honest opinion, or or like in your experience. What's like a piece of advice or what's a tip or trick that you can give them um, mm. so that they can actually just go off and do this, even without the course, they can just actually make headway into achieving this kind of result. 
Yeah, so you got to be quick. This is uh, one of the secrets in this deal was I was extremely quick. So I found out about the property. Uh, it was off market to begin with. It was going to market, so pre-market. Um, I think within six hours, um, and this credit to your course again, but within six hours, I was able to know uh, what it should be sold for, the value of that property. So, And I knew this was owned by a Catholic church right not individual okay. so my assumption was there is less emotion in terms of you know church just get it away you know like just it's an it. institution it's almost like institution. an organization yeah 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 so i lowballed it uh, i valued 370 when 371 something like that so i put in 322 um and basically the church still wanted to go to the market Right, because it was it was off market at this stage, like pre market. It wasn't actually listed on real estate yet. Yeah, it was Tuesday or Wednesday, right? So, right. but I already signed the contract on Thursday or, or Wednesday even. Yeah, uh -huh. so and I kept applying pressure. You know, like I'm looking at another offer here in Bundaberg. Um, can you just get it across? Um, long story short, it still went to market on Monday for like six hours. Okay. okay. <laughs> and and for some reason, uh, maybe the agent was really nice to me as well. Uh huh. Yeah providing her recommendation to to just take these guys deal right so, so yeah we got it so it was on market for like six hours so on that's Monday. weird so they put it on market for you'd think it's going to go to Apologies. the trouble uh, they actually uh for actually it, it was on market on saturday right uh -huh. so saturday home open but when i said six hours probably more like on monday like uh during work days it was oh, okay like Monday six morning business my hours. Was accepted. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah i got it Got it. Yeah. And so that even though they went to the trouble of paying realestate.com to AU fees to, for listing it and putting it on market, they took it off on Monday. Um, yeah. It's it's kind of like some people think, why on earth would someone not do a proper marketing campaign when they're literally leaving money on the table? Like if they had done a proper marketing campaign, had it listed for a decent three, four, five days, they would have mm. got, you know, 370, 380. Yeah. So yeah. Like oh, can I like, jump in, PK? I yeah, yeah, go for it. This uh, is where I'm getting important to. Information. Yeah. yeah. Actually, as soon as the seller decided to bring it to the market, I went up to 331. Okay. Right. right. So I went up to 331. That's when it got accepted. Okay. Okay. And then you go through the negotiation afterwards. You know? oh, okay. So you you did yeah, the whole like boomerang right. technique. You go up and then you bring it back down. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Cool, cool, cool. I like yeah. that. I like that's that. That's what happened. Too. Um. No, that that's and this is the thing. Like, um, you have to be fast. But negotiation. I mean, you were a very good negotiator even in your first mm. property. The second one, you got a bit emotional. But negotiation is something that can be easily learned. It's you're trying mm. for a win-win situation. I'm sure the person selling it whoever it was, like an admin person, I don't know, um, at, uh, representing the church, mm. they they also thought, like, did, do you reckon they thought they were hard done by? Or from their perspective, they were like, okay, I dealt with someone seamlessly. There was no issues, very professional, friendly. I got yeah. a reasonably good price and I got a low settlement or easy terms. Like, do you think it was a win-win situation? Of course, of course. Yeah. And they got that extra 9K, right, at the end. Right. So they thought, oh, okay, let's get it. Through so yeah that that's that's what I was trying to de demonstrate as well to to the seller's agent, but how can I demonstrate that if I'm not fully confident in my number you know like exactly know what I'm doing so, and that's where your course helps me to add my confidence in making my decision yeah cool. so hmm. cool let's go to number five now uh, so these yeah. are more recent so this one was back in Perth, um, yeah. purchase price $511,711. The valuation that I think you'd emailed me um, yeah. by the bank one month after um, mm. was 575000 And yeah. so what's yeah. that, like 60000 or around $60,000 more after one month? I assume this is a different bank. I can't remember. Different um, bank. Yeah, obviously. different bank because the same bank is reticent on, mm. on revaluing it that quickly. Um, the mm -hmm. rent is 600 and this one was actually off market. So I want to, and it was yeah. subdividable. I think I have in, in my notes. So I just want yeah. to pick on that for, for a second and feel free to let, let us know of any other details about the property. Yeah. Um, but how did you, this is kind of your second or third that you'd kind of got pre or off market. Um, yeah. how did you actually go ahead and, and do that? 
Yeah, so rent was actually 640pk, so it's 6.5% yield. Oh, from the my Gengar. mistake, not 600 so It's pretty pretty good deal, I think. Uh, this one was was looking for a client at this time, right? I wasn't even finance ready at this time, and I couldn't get finance with major banks anymore at this at this stage. So, um, so I was looking for a client on this one, and um, it's a great property, but poorly marketed. So, so... I decided to call the <clears throat> the agent. Um, sorry, there was another property that was marketed, which is extremely poorly marketed. And then I called the agent. And then the agent was telling me, we have three others coming. Okay. So, and, and they're off market, right? So I assessed those three on Sunday night for a good six, seven hours. Um, I offered it to my client. He said, nah, it's, it's above 500K, so I can't afford it. So okay, okay, that's fine. Um, so on Monday morning, um, I randomly, not randomly, but I just tried to lowball it. Like, okay, um, I'll take it if you can sell it to me for five hundred twelve, right? So, and surprisingly, it got accepted. So I genuinely thought it was going to go. If it goes to market, it was going to go for easily five hundred seventy, five hundred seventy-five. Right. This is a five-bedroom, two-bathroom properties. Yeah, so. Right. So how I did it was actually um, don't get put off with bad photos or, or bad marketing. That can actually be your best friend sometimes. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes, that, like you just demonstrated, the best way to get off-market opportunities is just to miss out on like a couple of properties. Like you call an agent, you show yeah. your interest, and they're like, oh, sorry, mate, this was already sold, or actually it's not quite right. And But now mm-hmm. the agent knows that you're like, you're ready and if you're a nice person then they're like actually i wouldn't mind dealing with richard and he'll tell you i have this three or two or one or another four coming up you know send them your way so it's like it seems like i'm sure you don't use it in your business but a lot of buyers agents kind of use off market as this kind of secret source that you know you have to pay fifteen thousand dollars to a buyer's agent for Um, and most of them are crap anyway most of them are crap most of them are (laughs) very rubbish yeah Um, but anyone can do it and like you know you're I hope that people approach you for this, but anyone can do it yeah. themselves as well. You like you've demonstrated, um, so that that's terrific. And then it's subdividable as well. I, yeah. I don't know if that you know, like if the agent knew about it, because it seems like too good to be true at that price range. You know what I mean? It's actually too good to be true, even to me now. It's, it's barely six hundred and four now, so ninety k in three months. That's pretty. That just demonstrate that I actually bought it way under value. Uh-huh. Um, below market value so yeah it's subdividable it's almost 900 square meters mm-hmm. and the way the house is positioned is it's almost as the house is not in the middle of the land uh-huh. it's already to the side so you can almost just build another house or granny on, on the other so you side. don't need it's to lift and shift it at all you just leave the existing no. dwelling where it is yeah yeah and the agent knew about it the agent is lazy it's not one of those big, <laughs> hopefully he's not watching this but it's not one of those big uh, franchise like ray wide agents where uh-huh. they go through all the marketing you know video professional video yeah it's yeah, one yeah. of those mobile phone take photo here <laughs> you know one of those agents so can be cowboy agents i love those yeah. cowboy agents or out of town yeah. or they don't operate in that suburb normally and they're just like oh i don't really care about this client this is bad <laughs> by the way they should care about their client but they, should, they just yeah. want to get it done like just move on and and this the, like the property market is so inef- inefficient for this reason yeah. people always i don't know if your clients ask you richard but everyone always asks me like oh pk you just like posted the deal where you said it was like under market value like surely yeah. that's not possible right because if you yeah. paid for something, then that becomes a new market value. And I'm like, the real estate market is inefficient. If I've paid for something at a certain price, but then the next three deals in the same week were like much higher, that means that there was something inefficient about my transaction. The vendor didn't know what was going on, the true value of the property, the agent was lazy. So many things can happen, motivation. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, this is like a, I mean, I know you were trying to get it for your client. It shows that you're actually like really have have integrity that you're actually giving an amazing deal for your client so amazing that you bought it yourself Um, yeah and that's also i think sorry yeah no no, you go i think it was you or someone else who said in one of your podcast episodes 70 percent of buyers are owner occupiers yes Yes. which which means you're already better than those 70 percent of the crowd because you're buying with your head with your number for example if you buy something 500k who knows the next three 
purchases like someone else, they kick the price up now because they're buying it hard, right? So that's that's one thing I like about the, yeah. the real estate. No. Yeah. Well, so you don't need to do my course to like know more than 70% of the market really <laughs> because yeah, 70% yeah. is owner occupies, highly yeah. emotional. Um, mm. I just wanted to pick up on one thing as well. You said you weren't finance ready um, because the, the main four banks, big four banks, they weren't going to entertain you. So like how uh, easy or how difficult was it mm. to kind of go to a second tier lender and did mm. you have to pay a much higher interest rate um, to to get finance? Absolutely. So <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't name the bank. I okay. actually put a negative review to the bank, and then I got journalists, uh, you know, want to put my story in like oh, like no way. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah. So it's it's uh, it's not for everyone, but I can see from bigger picture. So the bank is like a thief, like very high interest rate. There's a lot of costs here and there, but that's the only way to get funding at that time. And mm. if you're already making 60k in the deal or 70k in the deal losing 5k 10k 15k so what right so so i have a very good broker who shared the same last name as you but not related at all okay. so he's a property investor himself we've got 12 13 million dollars of properties he he could assure me that i can get get it easily with this second t it wasn't the smoothest journey so mm-hmm. but we, we got it at the end right right it's yeah. interesting interesting to hear and like as interest rates go down, as your own income goes up in your career progression or now in your business, then you yeah. can just refinance away from that second tier lender, go back to one of the big exactly banks and get now. the interest rate. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. anyone who's listening, like don't be scared of going to like the first max or like the pepper monies or the liberties. Like I myself have gone through that route. And, you know, that's just like the cost of doing business. But if you're buying amazing properties like you are richard then yes like show me show me whatever interest rate i'll take it right yeah you're that's making, right you're making money um mm-hmm. okay let's go to the last property then um so mm-hmm. this was actually under three hundred thousand dollars and once again regional queensland yeah. bought for yeah. and let me know if any of this is wrong two hundred ninety eight thousand dollars the valuation instantly i think it was um by once again a different bank for refinance purposes was three hundred and fifty six thousand dollars so that's like $58,000 of growth, or you could say instant equity on a mm. base of 298. Like that's, that's pretty amazing on, mm. you know, 20% plus and rent is 400. So I'm sure it's basically kind of treading water at the moment, not really costing you um, mm. too much. And once again, this one was poorly marketed as well. Is that why you were able to get yes. it? Yeah. you're. So, so let me ask like a more interesting question for everyone who's watching how do have you been able to pick um these properties that are poorly marketed like what is it that mm. tells you hey you know there's something in this that the agent hasn't marketed properly yeah yeah so contrary to what people might believe it actually gets harder and harder for me to buy more properties now and the reason is i keep wanting to better my previous deal right either for my client or for myself yeah. so it's and it's a very competitive market it's really really hard to buy a good deal right a bargain so this one i actually again was looking for a client in that price range i spent hours um that's what i do every uh, anyway right whether i'm looking or not i browse on certain location because just a nerd in that sense yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and this one actually was in the market for a good 400 days i don't know how it's, it's crazy 400 like, days did you say <laughs> Based on the data that that right. I checked, you know, like right. on CoreLogic. So I think it was on the market and then it gets taken out, goes back to the market and it's got existing tenant. I think it's got bad tenants and then right. got replaced with, with a better one. Yeah. Long story short. Um, yeah. This one, I was actually, I didn't want to go higher than after my client said no. Right. So because bad photos, I didn't want to go higher than 292 thousand dollars and i was hard on on that until i saw exactly next door to that property basically built by the same builder and have the same layout almost exactly the same the only difference is this one has got four bedrooms whereas that one only has three Mm -hmm. bedrooms but a larger living room and i know the agent who is selling the next door is one of the highest performer agents because i've been watching the market for a while I know, and it was asking for I think above three hundred 
30 or something, can I remember? So I knew she was going to sell it much more than that. As soon as I saw that come up, right away, I put in, all right, let's just buy for 300. And the, the seller accepted it. And then right. obviously do further negotiation. I became 298. And yeah, it's true, the next store was sold 335 for, for a three-bedroom. So yeah, so that's that's how it happened. Yeah, yeah. and that's like a direct mm-hmm. comparable, like, no questions yeah. asked. It's right next door. There's one less bedroom and it's sold for more. So it's yeah. like, it, it yeah. can't get better than that. I just want to make this point as well that like normally to buy is a caveat actually, or a disclaimer that mm. it's not like you've said it as well. It's not just like so easy within an hour of like, you know, mm. doing the course, you can just buy these types of properties. You actually need to mm. have focus and you, you need to have like a certain amount of discipline and to mm. get these deals that are off market, that are like so significantly undervalued, whether it's the suburb that's undervalued or the property, really honestly, big buyers agents, you know, those that you see on podcasts or different YouTube mm. channels or, you know, all over the place in the media, they're not going to get you these properties because they don't have, they don't put in the amount of time that you have for yourself, mm. basically, or for your boutique amount of clients in mm. every deal. They're just not going to get it. So if someone does want to use a buyer's agent, like I'm not, like, I don't even mm. know what your company's called, but I would just mm. say use like a small buyer's agent. Like if you're like, hey, PK, I would love to do your course, but mm. like, I just have no interest in property or I don't even mm. have three or four hours or even five hours a week um, over one or two months. If if that's you, then please, please, please don't mm. go to one of these big name buyers agents. Go to a yeah. small boutique buyers agent because they will yeah. put in the effort. I'm just Can saying I this like honestly. You know? Yeah, and that's exactly one of the reasons why I started my own um, practice, right? So when I have um, like a, they call it prospect call or you know just initial call. Right. I, I, I like to use your analogy. I think gardeners, you know, it's not like you are hiring a surgeon yeah. <laughs> where you need to hire a surgeon. Uh, you can actually do your garden, your own gardening. Or if you lack time, you lack confidence, or you don't have any passion, then you can use a buyer's agent, either mine or someone else. Uh, th- that's one of the reasons um, that I become a buyer's agent was I actually scouted some of these big buyer's agents' um, purchases. Um, and Sometimes I felt like they're not really giving the best deals. And I, mm. I keep telling myself I could have negotiated better on those deals. Some of them are in the middle of housing commissions. Some of them are right in the flood zones. You know, when I do all those checks, some yeah. of them are in the main roads even. Like, oh, why are you buying? Why are you paying 15 grand for something like this, right? Yeah. And I felt like, because in my circle of friends, at least, everyone can benefit from... um from property investing, right? It's mm-hmm. like probably 90% of my friends, they all can benefit. And I feel like there is not enough um, buyer's agent or, you know, people who wants to do your course, something like that. So that that's, that's yeah, that's one of the reasons why I'm doing what I'm doing. So, yeah, and it makes me super proud. I mean, regardless of whether you're a buyer's agent or not, you're mm. still helping your your friends like that makes me yeah. proud because mm. like even though they haven't done the cause and I haven't made a buck mm. off them so to speak mm. like they're still getting really good outcomes because you've mm. created like this epicenter of excellence and yeah. then you know yeah. imagine if there's like so many epicenters of excellence and then friends mm. and families can just benefit and we actually get good outcomes as opposed to you know, yeah. paying $15,000 for some random big name buyer's agent, give them, them a right. five-star review on Google because you think they mm. did a good job. That's just because mm. you didn't know what a good job you actually You didn't know, is. yeah, that's right. Yeah. You can't challenge their, their recommendation. Can't challenge right? so, yeah. Um, so. so stepping back, like, mm. I guess, mm. you know, you've made in the last uh, 18 months, despite mm. interest rates rising, you've made, mm. like, let's say half a million dollars of, of equity yeah. on a cumulative basis. Um, your properties are all by and large. Um, self-sufficient they're all kind of paying for themselves obviously the the long-term goal for anyone in in real estate and this is not secret source or anything is you hold it for a period of time let capital growth do its thing and then pay off Mm. sorry sell a couple or a few use Mm. those profits to pay off the others and then you've got your passive income just goes like that unencumbered Mm. no debt you you can kind of just live a bit more freely is that your plan and and kind of just take me through what your Mm. Um, long-term aspirations are yeah so i i 
I um actually paying principal interest on all of the properties now. Mm-hmm. And the way I see it, because you're actually getting less um interest rates by paying principal and right. interest. Right. And by paying principal and interest, you're actually doing a forced saving in the equity. Yes. So maybe in six months, now I have a bit more equity, I can just cash it out. That's how the financial financial system works, right? Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. cash it out and all of a sudden you have this 100 200k to capitalize again and, and you so, forced yourself to be disciplined and save <laughs> yeah. in the interim <laughs> yeah as long as you know you have enough to put food on sure. your table you know so different people do it differently but that's what i'm doing i'm gonna keep on going pk to be honest if i can until bang really says no uh-huh. um not from the perspective of being greedy i just want to accelerate um i guess my um wealth creation because i want to retire my wife that's my first first goal Uh, so she can be full-time mom (laughs) when when we have more kids so i I have my first one coming soon so uh, yeah so that's i just want to accelerate my progress yeah so yeah that's so so. cool honestly that was like one of the biggest proudest moments of my life when when we had our son you know like Mm. my wife just never worked ever again she was a Mm. chartered accountant and it was just like not that like she like you know that I was holding her back from working or anything but like she's yeah. just like she's born to be a mum and that's all she really wants to do yeah she never really cared life. about yeah. her career so much so it was just like so happy yeah. we were so happy that we we're able to to do that and I think that's why we're kind of investing in real estate right like not to buy a fancy car or anything but just those small things in in life um and mm-hmm. and you I just want to touch on this thing because that might have sparked some maybe this is the last question um, spark some curiosity you're paying principal and interest mm. so obviously that requires good cash flow like mm. i know you start, started a buyer's agency but what do you do professionally like what what's your trade yeah so i have my consulting business in the in the uh, pro- project management and procurement management in the construction industry mm-hmm. um, and you know um, you have more control over your cash flow by running mm-hmm. the business and also my principal place of residence is still paying two percent okay that helps so that's my saving grace and and again i have a story to tell for this actually my broker was telling me to just do it two years back then uh i said no i want four years right so again you can listen to your professional but you gotta make your own decision you know awesome awesome all right so last Mm. question from my side um richard for someone who's kind of like on the fence, I'm not talking about on the fence of doing the course, but kind of on yeah. the fence of starting or really taking their property investing seriously, um, mm. they're not sure if it's actually going to work. They hear stories like yourself and they think, oh, that person got lucky or they're mm. already rich to start with or whatever. Mm. Like, yeah. is what are some motivating words or perhaps just some real words that you can tell a person like that so that they can actually not live with any regrets in 10 years' time? Yeah, look, I think actually before you even asked that, PK, that was going to be um, my, I guess, last statement to okay. everyone who's listening to this is, you know, you start early if you can, like don't procrastinate. Um, I wish I started earlier. So I, I'm 30 now. I started when I was... 29 28 i think you started when you were 22 right 21 yeah 21 yeah Yeah. so um i I think start early you know um start educating yourself if if you don't have the confidence um even after all those uh, education do a course like yours um hands on heart one of the best courses you can ever do um but if you don't want to do the course use my service you know like <laughs> it's, it's, you know, just make sure you are educated enough to challenge um mm. uh whatever recommendation you've been given uh, yes. by a professional because even though it's like a gardener's you know it's an analogy i use you're dealing with debt here you're dealing with a big debt right so I know someone who bought a penthouse in Sydney Olympic Park if you know that area yes yes uh, yeah. they bought it for 1.2 million but because of the plan, penthouse, apartment, and it was valued 600K because it was settle, settling during COVID and next like to that? a Opel Tower. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> the, the tower that tracked. Yeah, so six, yeah, that you're dealing with that here. If you get it wrong, you get it really wrong. If you get it right, get a lot of uh, reward. So, yeah. But yeah, start early, um, 
think that's one of the best advice I can give. Fantastic. Fantastic advice. And and maybe for someone who's listening and they're like, oh, I'm already like 35 or I'm already like 45 or maybe I'm already 55. Then, yeah. of course, you need to understand these things so that you can build a like a calculated strategy for you. But the same advice applies. Start early when you're 45 is start mm. now. Start early when you're 55 is start yeah. now. Sure, you might be not able to achieve as much as if you had started when you're 21 or 31. Yeah. But like the best time to start mm. is now. But if you're not educated, like with or without a buyer's agent, just don't invest. Because we're, like you're saying, you're, we're, we're talking big debt. We're talking risks. Mm. If you're not mm, calculated mm. in your risk, if you're not like really mm. getting those top 5% type of properties, then just forget it. Like, honestly, it's just, yeah, it's just going to land in a big heap. Um, yeah. But no, yeah. thank you. Yeah. Just one, one last thing. Like, this is probably going to sound a bit controversial, um, but one of the um, buyer's agents, a good buyer's agent, I believe, um, I'm better, I'm not just kidding, but <laughs> he put in uh, this <laughs> controversial statement. You know, I think the average Australians uh, live until they are 80 or 85, according to data. And then 65 years old is when you, is the retirement age. You know, there's a saying, you only live once, right? But do you really want to work until you're 65 years old only to enjoy the last 15, 20 years of your life um, on pension, mm. right? Or, you know, if you can retire early, if you can retire when you're 50, then you at least have the last 35 to 40 years to, to live your life. Like, I don't know if that, to me, that really triggered my thinking and, you know, for some people it might, um, yeah, just, just think about it, right. You only live once you want, you want to live freely, you know, not, yeah. not, not um, tied to the financial. For sure. Uh, for sure. Yeah, that might so, be the penny drop moment for a lot of people. And if I just extend yeah. that a bit even further, yeah. I would say like, why why like wait to live a a joyful life when you do retire or even at 50 why not start now and and property investing doesn't have to take away from your mm. lifestyle i mean just like you your your mm. properties aren't costing you anything you're building your yeah yeah your, your family you just you just yeah. start now i mean it's an it's kind yeah. of a a no-brainer um you don't all have to be like me who like for i i didn't even buy ice cream for like the first one or two <laughs> years of my grand yeah. job just got saving for deposits but you don't need to do that like you just do what richard did he's doing a better example yeah. than i am <laughs> but yeah. unless um, you're buying blue chips and you're paying <laughs> yeah. pretty, well that's pretty, the thing pretty, like yeah. if, if you had just bought another property in sydney <laughs> then like thanks for coming that Gone. was it for you like no more property yeah. investing uh, yeah. But anyway, this is going on, but I, I really do value your time, Richard. Yeah. And, and I just have to say as well, um, it, I always get a little bit excited when I get an email from clients that have said, like, I just got my offer mm. accepted or unconditional or whatever. And I get mm. a lot of those types of emails from you. So it's really cool. And it gives me a lot mm. of satisfaction and, and reward, mm. um, you know, when I see that happening. So big, big, mm. big congratulations. And of course, this is really just the beginning for you. Yeah, thanks, PK. And again, uh, I think your course provides a very solid foundation in doing what I'm doing now. I always have open mind to learn more beyond your course, uh, but without your course, this wouldn't be possible. Yeah, so, no, we're always yeah, learning, so, right? We're always mm, learning throughout yeah. our lives. And um, no, thank you. Thank you for your kind yeah. words. Um, yeah. And guys, thank you for all listening, and I'll see you next time. See you later. Thanks, PK. See ya. Uh,